The amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all of us. Amen. In the past few weeks, we've been talking about the fact that we are God's adopted children. We want to continue with you. You are God's adopted child, knowing where your home is. Knowing your home. So we have looked at Knowing who you are, knowing whose you are, or knowing who your father is, and we want to continue with knowing your home, or where your home is. But I'll read our theme text again, so that if you are joining us for the first time on this series, the reading will give you the background, but we will not go through that. Let's take our Bibles and read the book of Romans, chapter 8. We read 15 through to 17. Romans 8, 15 through to 17, and I'm taking it from the English Standard Version, ESV. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. First John chapter 3, 1, 2, and 3. 1 John 3. One, two, and three. I read from the NIV, First John chapter 3. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. And then our third reading is from Galatians chapter 4, 4 through to 7. Galatians chapter 4, 4, 5, 6, and 7. From, again, the English Standard Version. Galatians chapter 4. 4 to 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Amen. We have established the fact that we are God's adopted children. 
You are God's adopted son, God's adopted daughter. And we have a very vivid example of what God has done for us. The legal price for our adoption was the blood of Christ. We have also identified those we are by establishing the fact that God is our father. And as newly adopted children, we need to move to our new home. Or we need to know where our home is. And this is our discussion for today. Before our adoption, we belong to earthly parents with earthly home. Then we met the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we accepted him as Lord and Savior, we became God's children spiritually. We were adopted. And because of that adoption, our big brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, desires that we be with him in his home. And so one time he had met with the apostles in John's Gospel, chapter 14, 1 to 3. John 14, 1 to 3. When he told them that, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. The other versions are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So it is the desire of our big brother that we go and stay with him in the place where he says he is preparing for us. Amen. And that brings to mind Brad Paisley's song, When We All Get to Heaven, which says, Sing the one trust love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace in the mansions bright and blessed he'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be when we The verse says that on what to their price be for us soon his beauty will behold soon the belly gates will open we shall tread the streets of gold when we all get to a beautiful place, a wonderful place, 
That is where we all desire to be, to go and be with our Lord. This earth, this world is full of trouble. And that is why Jesus told the disciples, and he's also telling us that, do not let your heart be troubled. I am going to prepare a place for you in my father's home, in my father's kingdom, where we call heaven. The very name heaven itself is synonymous with comfort, with solace, with peace, with joy, with beauty, with honor, with glory, and with contentment, and all the things that you can think about. And that is why when somebody was making a mosquito coil, he said, heavy mosquito coil. And he, he named it that way, so that you know that when you use this coil, it's like you are in heaven. But you, you will still be on earth here. But that is what the idea was about. So when we all get to heaven, what a day, what a joy that it will be. This is the heaven I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the expanse that we see. The Bible talks about three heavens. We have where the birds and all the other flying objects fly. And then we have the other celestial expanse where we have the stars and the moons and so forth. But what we are talking about is the unique dwelling place of God called heaven. Don't ask me where it is. Where is heaven? Because I've told you the heaven that we see is just the home of the birds. And then when you go beyond the constellation, we have another heavens, which is the home of the sun and the moon and the stars and so forth. But science try to go and go, it doesn't matter how far you get into the heavens. You will never discover what we are talking about. What we are talking about is a very unique, special place called the home of God. The home of God. Where is that? I'm not here to answer that question. I'm not here to give you the address of our home. Because the Bible says that once you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you right away know the address of your home. And this is what, again, Jesus explained in John chapter 14, when you continue reading from verse 4. And Jesus says, you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So the very moment you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you know your home. Because the spirit inside you will transport you to that spiritual home above. Where is the home of God where I also will be? And this is where Jesus says he is preparing for us. Let me talk briefly. I can't describe our home in heaven. But briefly, the preciousness of heaven. Oh, how precious heaven is. And the reason is so precious that I want to be there, that I believe you want to be there, is that it is the home of the Father. The Father is there, number one. And that is why when Jesus Christ was teaching the disciples how to pray, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he says, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven. So God the Father will be there. Where he'll be sitting, I'm not sure. How he will look like, I am not sure. 
but I know one thing. Scripture says that when I see him, when I see my Savior Jesus Christ, I will be like him. And so if I will be like Jesus, and then I become a spirit being with a new body and a new everything, a glorious body, then definitely, perhaps, we will see God, the Father. Scripture said God is spirit. No one can see him. But on that day when we have a glorious body, anything could be possible. For we will behold his presence day and night. Whether it will be the Lord Jesus, whether it will be the Holy Spirit, I don't know. But one thing I know, when I see him, I will be like him. Amazing news is that Jesus, our big brother, will be there. When you read from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, it reads, For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary. That was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. In God's presence. This is our home that we are going to. The next thing I see in heaven is that there will be many brothers and sisters in Christ. Many brothers and sisters in Christ. Hebrews again chapter 12 from 22 to 24 says, Hebrews 12, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. So the angels and the thousands and thousands of angels will be there. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. My name will be there. Your name will be there. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. And so the righteous people who have gone before us will be there. And when we get there, we will also see them. When Jesus, on the Mount of Transfiguration, other join him, Moses and Elijah, and the apostles were able to identify him, then I know for sure that when I get there, I will see once again my father, Apostle F.D. Walker there. I will see my beloved, those who have gone before. I will see my big sister who left not too many years ago, Gloria there. We will see our brother Walter Beck there. We will see our brother and our Samoa there. We will see all the loved ones that we have missed. And then we cried and cried and cried. They are somewhere in the home of God. That unique place that God is preparing for us. That is where our heart and our soul and our spirit belong. And that is where we should desire to go. Oh, heaven is our home. And the amazing part is that our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians chapter 3, 20 to 21 says, But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. On this earth, somebody travels to the United States, to the United Kingdom, to Europe. And then they want to work hard. They want to do all means to obtain a citizenship there. Because they know that when they become citizens of America and get their green book or whatever, they will have all kinds of privileges and advantages. They can travel to and fro. Why? Because they have become citizens there. 
That scripture is telling us that our citizenship, for those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a superior citizenship, and that is in heaven. Which means that before you can obtain that citizenship, you need to belong to that family. You need to be a child of the Most High God. The question I'm asking you, are you a citizen of heaven? Or you are still a foreigner in God's kingdom? Are you a citizen in heaven? Is your name written in the book of life? Or you are still very much a citizen of this world? And all you think about is to satisfy yourself in this world. Brother, sister, let us look for a better citizenship. 1 John chapter 2, 15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let us desire to be citizens of heaven. And this is what I'm sure Jim Rees was thinking about when he sang that, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world. We have a home in heaven. Oh, how precious heaven will be. The next thing I see in heaven is that there shall be rest and sweet fellowship. Rest and sweet fellowship. It will be a place of rest. Believers shall dwell face to face with our God. Heaven is the place where we'll rest from all our labors. All our struggles on earth would end. All our challenges and problems and difficulties will end. Revelation 14, 13 says that, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. We shall engage in worship and sweet fellowship. Revelation chapter 7, 13 through to 15. I won't have time to read that, but Revelation 7, 13 to 15 says that we will be in white robes. And then we will stand before our king, our maker, our God and our father. And we will worship those of us. And therefore they say they cry that they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night. That is what will happen in our home in heaven. There will be perfect righteousness and love. The next thing is that there will be perfect righteousness and love. Perfect righteousness and love will prevail. Because that place there is no sin. Therefore, there will be nothing like suspensions and disciplines and warnings and what have you. Because we will live in a perfect environment. Faith and hope are no longer there. 
but love, perfect love. We shall eat in perfect righteousness and love. Matthew 26. Let me read this. Matthew 26 from 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them saying, Drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So there's going to be a time, a day when we get there that we'll have this marriage feast of the Lamb. Are you going to be there? Other things in heaven is that there is going to be the river of life and the tree of life and the throne of God will be there. What will not be in heaven? Hunger will not be there. No more hunger, no poverty, no cruel dictators or governments, no natural disasters, no earthquakes and floods, no hurricanes, no accidents, no airplane crashes, no motor accidents, and so forth and so forth. The sun and the sea, which bring decay, will not be there. That one will not be there. There will be no more sickness, no coronavirus, no COVID-19, or what have you. All will be over. It will be gone. No deformity, no disability will be there. It doesn't matter if you are deformed here or you have a disability here. As soon as you are translated, your glorious body will be thy Lord Jesus Christ and it will not know any disease or sickness or deformity because you are like exactly like your big brother. And that is what God is doing for us. There will be no more death. No dying. No dying there. There will be no sin nor curse there. There will be no sin nor Christ there. Satan will not be there. And demons and witches and principalities and powers will not be there. Because our Lord God will reign supreme. Almighty God. Hallelujah. This is our home in heaven. When you go through the Bible, a bit of descriptions of heaven. Descriptions of heaven. There are all kinds of figurative languages and things that the Bible uses. A cause having a glorious place. Or the presence and the right hand of God. Or my father's house. Or a prepared place. Or the presence of his glory. It also calls heaven with Christ. Or heaven. Or eternal life. Or paradise. Or the third heaven. Or the city of God. Or the heavenly country. And the new heaven. And the new earth. Let me reserve some time and talk about the structure and the beauty of heaven as it was revealed to John. In the first place, Jesus says, I am going to prepare a place for you. And that place, there are mansions. So one thing that you should know is that in heaven, there are mansions. There are no zongos or no shanty towns and things like that. But it is a complete beautiful city. 
And that is why you shouldn't be thinking that, oh, I will serve God anyhow. Once I know the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter. Once I get to heaven, some people say that once I get to heaven, and even if Jesus says I should go and live, I just don't go. Once I'm in heaven, I'll be happy. Change your mind. There is no zongo there. There are mansions. And this is a celestial city. You know our present world that we live on. The Bible said that God spoke and it came into being. And even just the speaking and coming into being. Look at our earth. The earth is beautiful. Except that human activities are destroying our world. But the world is indeed beautiful. If you travel even in Ghana, go to where you have the falls, the Boti Falls, and then you see how the water is falling. Drive to the Aquapi Mountains or to the Quail Mountains. And as you go, you see the landscape and you see the mountains and you see how the rocks have been arranged. All kinds of rocks are well designed and arranged. They look so beautiful. One time I went to Zimbabwe and I've heard about the Victoria Falls. So I wanted to go and see it. And when I got there, you realize that the handiworks of God are so amazing. So, so amazing. And if you look at where the falls is coming from, something you'll be about two, three miles away. The drop or the fall of the water can get you wet. And it's so beautiful and so amazing. And Bible says that in heaven there shall be rivers, there shall be streams. And this is what I am saying that God just spoke. But our home in heaven, the city that we are going to, Jesus is saying that he is building it. He is preparing it. So you can imagine the beauty of it. And all the world that we see, God took six days to build everything. The city that God is talking about, he's building it over thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And it is still under construction. Because Jesus says, when I am done, I will come back for you. What an amazing city that will be. Hallelujah. And that is what Hebrews 11 verse 10 says that, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations. Whose architect and builder is God? Whose architect and builder is God? So God himself is the architect. He has purposefully designed it. And then he is building it. Such a city. And John says in Revelation that when he saw the city, it was a golden city. Clear as glass. And so, when you stand at one end of the city, you can look through the city. And yet, it is a complete city. When John was giving the measurement, the angel that was guiding John said that, I am giving you the measurement, but I am measuring this in human measurement. So, it could mean that these are just figurative measurements. It could mean that the measurement that was given to John, it was just for him to understand. But maybe it could be times a thousand and thousands and thousands, but it is one city. And even just think about the measurement that was given to John. He said the city was in a cubical form. And one dimension 
is 1,400 miles or 2,200 kilometers. Which means that if you are traveling the length of the city, you will travel 1,400 miles. Now, if you do the calculation of the city, the ground area alone is about 2 million square miles. And he said it was as tall, as high, as it is long. And so as you travel this way, the same way when you are traveling up, it is again 2,200 kilometers high in our human terms. So that if there is kind of a skyscraper, if you are taking the 2,200 kilometers, if you take a standard 12 feet level of a house, it means that it will take about 600,000 floors before you get to the top. So maybe here you can be on floor, how many? Floor 120. Ghana, what is the tallest building here? And how many floors? Let's assume it's even 30 floors. In heaven, you could be on the 500,000th floor. Close to 700,000th floor before you get to the 1,400. And this is what God has built and is building for us. And he said that it has great and high walls and the walls are made with jasper, with 12 pearly gates, with inscribed names of the tribes of Israel. And then with 12 foundations, with inscribed names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Man of Judas Iscariot, plus the one who was added. And he said that the foundations are adorned with precious stones. And the colors of the foundations of the city is beyond description. But some of the colors that caught John's attention, part of it was jasper. And a jasper is a clear crystal stone. Another side of the stone that had been decorated with is sapphire. And sapphire is a sky blue stone. And then it had chalcedony. That is a green copper silicate. And it is greenish blue. And it has emerald. Part of the city is decorated with emerald. And that is very green stone. Part of the city is decorated with sardonyx. And sardonyx is a white stone streaked with brown. Part of it is sardius, which is blood red. Another part is a chrysolite, which chrysolite is a gold or yellow quartz. Another part is decorated with beryl, a sea green color. Another part is decorated with topaz, a transparent greenish gold or yellowish green. Another part is decorated with chrysopras. This is an apple green or golden tinted stone. And then it has jacinth. That is a violet color. And then amethyst. That is a blue red or rich purple. And the amazing thing is that he said the city was shining in its, its brilliancy. And it shines with the Shekinah glory of God. For there is no sun, no moon. There is no night. And scripture says that the gates of the city are never shut. Because there is no night there. And there is no sin, no armed robbery is there. So it is forever open. This is the city that we are going. And John said when he saw the city, he realized that the streets in the city were all paved not with asphalt, but with gold. With pure gold. So we are going to walk on gold. 
This is where we are going. And then when he looked at it, he said the city has the Lord Jesus Christ who shines in the city. And because of that, all those who are Jesus' brothers and sisters have also become glorious body, which are light. So wherever I am in my room, I produce light for the place. Your room, you produce light for the place. So wherever the children of God are, there is no darkness. For you have become the light of that city. Hallelujah. Here we come and papebi. citizenship in this city, in this new country that we are talking about. He will introduce you to the father who is ready to adopt you as a son, as his own daughter. He has many rooms in his city, in his country, and therefore he is still inviting many, many, many more children. If you are already a citizen, make sure you keep your citizenship intact, for you can't go into that country, living anyhow. This is the city that God is preparing for us. This is the city that he is making for us. This is only a human description of where our home and how our home will be like. But you can never describe it. You can never talk about it. If our earthly world, which is corrupt, 
When God created it and looked at it, he himself created it and said that it is good. How much more the heaven that God says is preparing and that he is the architect and designer of that city. My prayer is that when we get to heaven, you will be there. I will be there. If there is anything that will not let you go there, I want you to take a decision today that we shall not live here forever. For 100 years, 120 years will be no more. But after this life, we have a place where we are going to live for eternity. And that is where you should work towards. If this world, things are not going well, we will have a home in heaven. A home that not made with human hands. But the architect and the builder is God himself. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord help you. May grace abound unto you so that you will make heaven your home. God bless you.